0: At this point, every information portal is saturated with mindfulness content. But this show is a unique, unusual, curious take on mindfulness. Some of what you hear will be completely new to you. Let's dive in and take a look at the nature of the aware mind. I invite you to deepen your awareness so that you may be liberated and inspired. I'm Sarah Vallee, professional coach. I help people overcome anxiety, heal from past trauma, improve their relationships, and maintain better work life balance. I have a great guest here today. His name is Mike Comperetto, and he is a licensed therapist specializing in acceptance commitment therapy. So glad you're here today, Mike.
1: Yeah, I'm super excited.
0: Our show today is about acceptance, and I don't know if it's just mindfulness teachers and coaches like myself and therapists who specialize in mindfulness get really excited about this subject or, <laughs> or if everybody does, but I'm excited to talk about this. And we're specifically going to be talking about how the practice of Tuning into your physical sensations in your body can be really helpful for your acceptance practice. But let's just talk about challenges first, because the practice of acceptance is helpful for anybody who has a challenge with something. So that's probably all of us. Some of the realities that we might be struggling with might be a breakup, uh, a divorce, someone's past, our plans not working out, uh, maybe mental health challenges such as depression, anxiety. Our emotions can be a reality that we struggle with such as anger, grief, being unhappy in our job, being unhappy in a relationship. Getting older can be one of these realities that we struggle with anything that has to do with our bodies can bring up a lot, uh, including injury and the way we feel about our weight. Addiction is another reality that we might be struggling with. So yeah, things that have to do with our bodies, our careers, relationships are big ones. They can bring up a lot for us. And so listeners, I invite you to consider maybe one of these realities and ask yourself, are you in denial of this reality? Are you struggling to accept the reality? Or have you accepted the reality? So we usually fall into one of those three categories. So I'll say that again. So considering one of those realities that I touched on, are you in denial of the reality, struggling to accept the reality, or have you accepted the reality? So a really great mindfulness definition of acceptance is letting go of the struggle with reality. And this is actually Mike's definition, and I think I'm going to adopt it. So it can be really important to consider what acceptance is not. When we accept something, it doesn't mean that we're always going to be in that situation. It doesn't mean that we're always going to have that challenge Um, acceptance isn't giving up acceptance doesn't mean defeat it doesn't mean that we're not taking action and i really love what john kabat-zinn says about acceptance he says that when we accept something we are not agreeing with it or saying that what happened is okay instead we are simply just accepting that it happened so that's a really subtle but important distinction we're not agreeing with what happened but we're simply accepting that it happened.
1: I agree. I I love getting nerdy talking about acceptance. I don't think that's something that most people get excited about. I think most people hate the idea. (laughs) But I think that's because some of them don't entirely know what we mean when we say that. I can't take credit for that definition that you read. That is the official definition in acceptance and commitment therapy. I think a great metaphor for acceptance, thinking about like quicksand. Acceptance doesn't mean you're going to say, oh, well, I'm going to die here. You know, let me just think. But what it does mean is you accept the fact that, as you so eloquently put it, this has happened. Oh, I'm in quicksand. Well, what do I do? If I struggle with the quicksand, I'm going to sink deeper. If I realize that this is quicksand and struggling only makes it worse and I relax into the situation, I actually have a chance of getting out.
0: Yeah, that's a perfect metaphor because that's what it's about, right? Especially when we're using our mindfulness is to just take that pause and yeah, okay, this is what's happening. Maybe I can lean into this a little bit. Maybe I can relax into it a little bit and we're going to have a better chance of, of moving through whatever it is we have to get through. Mike, I would love it if you could explain to us, describe to us the practice of paying attention to body sensations.
1: I don't think a lot of people realize is we experience body sensations before we even experience conscious thought. So if you take, for example, something like PTSD, if you're triggered into a post-traumatic episode, the first thing you're going to experience is... Sensory input, so let's say you hear a song that was playing at the moment of the traumatic event. That sensory input is going to trigger a somatic sensation in the body. You might feel a tightness in your chest, you might feel a shaking in your limbs, you might feel pit in your stomach. All of that is happening within nanoseconds, milliseconds, before you even have any type of conscious thought, like, I'm so scared, or what is happening to me, or this is awful. When we're looking at body sensations, what we're really looking at is the first step in the somatic emotional process. Emotions almost always carry with them some kind of body sensation. Sometimes that body sensation, by the way, can be numbness. So let's say you're in a post-traumatic episode, but you don't feel any of what I just described. What you actually feel is very disconnected and dissociated and numb. Well, that's also a body sensation. You might more accurately describe it as a lack of sensation, but nonetheless, that's happening in the body. Some other examples might be with depression. Maybe you feel a heaviness in your body. With anger, maybe you feel a heat in your face. The reason why we need mindfulness is because most of us probably go throughout our day and miss the vast majority of body sensations that are happening. And it's not until you pause and practice mindfulness that you actually even can become aware of those things.
0: Our culture doesn't put importance on our subtleties going on in our body. the focus is always, you know, as far as our culture is concerned, you know, how do things look? How do things sound? You know, do you sound smart? Yeah. Do you look good? You know, and, and then their thinking process, you know, are we, are we problem solving? There's so much emphasis on all that. And it's unfortunate because there's so much healing that can be done by just taking a pause and noticing what's coming up in your body. And we'll go into the details coming up. of of why that's so helpful. What we do is we often start at the top of our head and we move our attention down our bodies and we notice things like aches, itch, tension. And we notice these things without judgment, um, without saying, oh, this is terrible and I'm feeling this way. It's just like, huh, okay, this is what I'm feeling. Temperature is a very interesting uh, sensation to pick up. Texture of your clothing, a lightness feeling in your body or more of a heaviness. These are all different things that we can Notice and when I teach in my meditation classes, I actually give my students a list of all of these things to look for because sometimes if you don't know what to look for, <laughs> it can be more challenging. So Mike and I are going to go over four reasons why mindfulness of body sensations helps us move into acceptance. The first on the list of why mindfulness of body sensations is so helpful is that our mindfulness practice brings us into the present moment. Uh, It shifts our consciousness away from our thinking. Our thinking, I think, is one of the biggest hurdles to our acceptance. When I work with people who are going through grief or whatever it is that we're talking about acceptance, we're almost always addressing how our own thinking, our cognition gets in the way of that process. Uh, Thoughts such as, I shouldn't be having this reaction. Why does this keep happening to me? I can't believe they did that. I mean, that's just like three examples out of millions of of thoughts that can get in the way. Thoughts about putting ourselves down, thoughts about blame, Um, anger brings up a lot of thinking that can hinder our process. But shifting our attention to our body makes it easier to step back from these thoughts for no other reason other than we're just shifting our our consciousness. Mm-hmm. Instead of getting like wrapped up and absorbed in all of these stories going on, we, we have something to focus on that's a little bit more neutral, a little bit more manageable to pay attention to. So yeah, I'd love to hear your ideas about how practice of paying attention to our physical sensations can be so helpful to bring us into this present moment.
1: Yeah. uh, How many hours you have? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, I'll start with paraphrased quote from great meditation teacher, Sharon Salzberg. She says, meditation is primarily about shifting from the conceptual mind into the experiential mind. We're so caught up in all this storytelling all the time, all these concepts about what's going on. As a matter of fact, there's a famous study that's literally titled, A Wandering Mind is an Unhappy Mind. Basically what they found is exactly what the title says, that they designed this test where they could randomly contact people and ask them, what are you doing right now and rate your level of happiness. Mm -hmm. And the more people were caught up in concepts and storytelling, basically, the more people were focused on things that were not actually happening, the less happy they were. Mm -hmm. And the more people were engaged in what was actually happening, the happier they tended to be. Something that also I think us in the mindfulness community don't often talk about is this weird paradox where being mindful is not actually just about the present. It's also very much about the future because we are cultivating new neural pathways in the brain when we practice mindfulness and we are over time that sets up different experiences in the future. We put in a little bit more eloquent way in Buddhism, we say practicing uh, the, the principles of Buddhism is like planting seeds that will bear fruit in the future. It's about being in the present, but it's also about benefiting yourself in the future. Especially when we're talking about mental health, anxiety, PTSD, depression, this is not a quick fix. This is not, oh, you're having an anxiety attack, just be mindful and the feelings will go away, which is the antithesis of acceptance, right? It's actually about by accepting these feelings now, by being present with these feelings now, you will actually have less of them in the future. Mm -hmm. They will be more tolerable in the future. They will be less intense in the future because you are setting up these different neural pathways of acceptance Mm -hmm. and mindfulness and present awareness.
0: I completely agree with that idea about setting ourselves up for the future. And that's probably what gets me to sit down (laughs) and meditate, you know, to keep that motivation. Yeah. You know, we do so much reading on this subject. So so we're really aware of the positive effects of our meditation practice. Years ago, I had some pretty intense ADHD and I practiced mindfulness for 60 minutes Every day, did not miss one single day for nine months. And I really believe that I cured my adhd and i think it's because of what you're talking about the neural pathways and i also think it's because of the brain structure that you're with the mindfulness practice you after six months the studies show that if you practice mindfulness for 20 minutes a day for six months the brain structures actually change including your cerebral cortex which is what we use to process our emotions and then you know prefrontal cortex which is really good for focus and things like that but but yeah, there's a complete connection there. I want more and more people to understand that. And what you were talking about, about the wandering mind, you know, leading to unhappiness. Yeah, I've read those studies too. And, you know, that's about the default mode network. So when mm-hmm. our brain is in the default mode network, it, which is the part of our brain that activates when we are in this state of not necessarily engaged with something happening in the real world, it could be called mind wandering, daydreaming, something like that. The studies show that that leads to depression, that leads to anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so this practice gets us out of that default mode network. Uh, so yeah, so paying attention to body sensations gets us out of the default mode network, It paying attention to what's going on in the real world, which is our body, and we're engaged with it. And I also love what you said about the emotions. I'm constantly explaining this to my clients that Yes, it's hard to just take a pause and take five minutes out of your day and just sit with the emotion at hand. But yeah, it's going to have such a positive effect on the future. And that, there's so many different ways to explain why that is. You're, You know, is. We're talking about the neuroscience, but I think we can also talk about inner child work too. You know, you're know, you taking that moment, oh, yeah. feeling that emotion and paying attention to it. So your inner child is really healing from it. So it's, it's Good stuff. So our next reason why mindfulness of body sensations is so helpful for acceptance practice is, good segue, allows us to get more in touch with our emotions. Mike, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this.
1: My story begins with being born pretty much with an anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. I've had generalized anxiety disorder my whole life, but it, it really took a turn when I went away to college. I was 19 years old, I was having multiple panic attacks a day. And I was just like, I I need to figure something out. Went back to therapy. And but a big part of the breakthrough for me came with finding this book about anxiety that had a chapter about meditation and mindfulness. And so I tried it, I could only stand to do it for 30 seconds, because that was how anxious and terrible I felt. Again, it didn't like immediately make all my anxiety go away or cure me. But what it did do was give me a shift in perspective. If you imagine your emotions and your experiences as being a pool, we can either be submerged and drowning in the middle of the pool or we can get our head above water. Going further than that, we can sit on the side of the pool with just our feet in the water. We can be laying on a lounge chair off to the side. All the way up to we can be standing on top of a skyscraper looking down at the pool. At no part in that metaphor are we trying to push away the pool, get rid of the pool, deny the pool, ignore the pool. It's there. We're, we're not going to make it go away. But we have a very different perspective. And we have a lot more space around it. And that was what I experienced the first time I meditated. All of a sudden I was like, okay, well, nothing in terms of the actual presence of the anxiety has changed but my relationship to it has changed. This led me down a whole journey of trying all different types of mindfulness and meditation exercises. To fast forward a little bit, another big shift came when in my meditation practice, I started really focusing on being present in the body because I noticed a lot of what we've already said, it was just such a different experience to get out of my head into my body This is where a lot of my experience is happening. Yes, everything is being experienced through the brain, through the mind, but all of our five senses are really an embodied experience. And so whether it's a good thing, a bad thing, or a neutral thing, if you're paying attention to the body, you will experience it. You can't practice acceptance if you're not first being aware of what's happening. So if I turn and pay attention to my body and all of a sudden say, oh, there's a little bit of tightness in my stomach. Oh, there's a little bit of anxious energy in my in my shoulders. I can watch that. I can be present with it. Eventually, I can learn to be with it. I think part of taking on this whole path of practicing mindfulness involves redefining what happiness means. And in acceptance and commitment therapy, that's, that's one of the fundamentals of of what makes up acceptance and commitment therapy. Happiness is not pleasure. I think that's a misconception we've all kind of grown up with. Acceptance and commitment therapy defines happiness as living a rich, full and meaningful life. That includes difficult feelings, that includes challenges, that includes all the things. The elevator pitch for for this point in my mind is, You can still have a happy life and have some anxious sensations or some annoyed sensations or some even some depressed sensations happening in your body. It's about your relationship to it and what are you doing with it. We can still be happy in the presence of these things. We don't have to make them go away.
0: We are going to take a 30-second break. You have asked for it and it is here. A free monthly TSD Mindfulness online meditation group. Join us every third Saturday at 10 a.m. New York time, which is 3 p.m. London time. You will receive instruction, participate in discussion, and experience a guided meditation. Register at T as in tame, S as in soothe, D as in dwell, mind as in mindfulness.org. And we're back. I... Refer to that phenomenon that you're talking about, about full, rich experience as the, the joy-pain experience, to yeah. feel joy and pain in the same moment. It's getting to this point where you're so okay with letting the emotions come in that even a an intense emotion of sorrow can actually bring a, an interesting experience of joy because you're so joyful that you can experience the emotion, they're like, yes, I'm this human yeah. being that can really be with this and experience this. And sometimes when we feel this pain, it actually can be very connecting. You know, maybe we're feeling absolutely like we're connecting to to others. Uh, one of the experiences of that that I had was during the pandemic. I was out on my paddleboard in the middle of the lake. It was maybe the first couple months into it, and I just had all of this sorrow for all the children and everything they were going through, and I just was in tears. But then I also was in kind of this joy experience of, you know, I'm so glad that I'm so in tune and connected to um, to the experience. So, And I almost wonder if this Definition of acceptance that has to do with accepting that it happened. You know, I'm referring to what John Comet Zinn said. I almost wonder if we need to add to that accepting what happened, but also accepting how we happened in it, accepting, you know, the emotions and the physical sensations that are going on within you. So that might be a good way to also think about acceptance, like the whole package. And what you said about relationship, when clients start with me, usually their relationship to anxiety is just very negative and lots Mm -hmm. of fear and very uncomfortable. And I guess this doesn't necessarily have to do with physical sensations, but we talk a lot about the validation, validating yourself for your anxiety experience uh, can be a really good way to start to lean into it more. You know, it's understandable that I'm that I'm feeling this way and saying things like I care about how I'm feeling and I'm a human being having a human experience and this is a natural. So switching that relationship you have with anxiety is so key because, yeah, on some level the anxiety doesn't completely go away, does it?
1: Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up that last point, too, because for me, I'm such a huge, huge proponent of self-compassion. It is a huge part of the work I do clinically, but also personally. Something that I sometimes forget is that for for me, self-compassion is inherently a part of acceptance. Mm -hmm. If we're really practicing acceptance correctly, for lack of a better Mm -hmm. term, it should be done in a, in a very self-compassionate way. And to echo a little bit of what you said, compassion is most simply defined as caring. I think people complicate compassion a little bit, but it's just caring. Caring about one's suffering. So self-compassion is caring about your own suffering. That can also radically shift your experience. If you are suffering from sorrow, depression, anxiety if you can engage that self-compassion with your acceptance there is a a joy and a connectedness that can arise out of that
0: thinking about this practice of paying attention to body sensations is such a great way to develop that self-compassion because we can have compassion for our physical experience for a pain that we yes. might feel you know saying something to ourselves such as i know this hurts but even though i feel this pain i'm loved The reason number three for why mindfulness of body sensations can really help us out with our acceptance practice is that paying attention to our body sensations offers a micro experience of acceptance. So, for example, if we sit and we notice what's going on in our body, we might notice an ache and we can learn to experience the ache without the story, just simply just noticing it and Um, not adding on a lot of negativity to it, just simply sitting there with it and accepting it as it is. Another example might be we learn to accept how we feel in the moment, whether it's we feel full or we feel hungry or we feel restless. Right? Sometimes when we sit to meditate or if, even if we just take a pause and pay attention to our body, uh, we might feel restless. And that could be a little lesson in acceptance. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling restless right now and that's okay. I'm just going to sit with it. And one more example would be uh, we accept that nothing else is going on in the moment. So when we take a pause and we pay attention to some body sensations, we might immediately go into this thing in our mind about, oh, I need to be doing this. I need to be doing that. I need to problem solve this. But just accepting that this is all that's going on in this moment is just sitting here noticing my body sensations. And it's enough. It's enough. We accept that we don't need to do anything else. And we accept the simplicity of the moment.
1: I like that. I'll be the first to admit after almost 17 years of meditation practice, Mm -hmm. I still, on a regular basis, my mind will go into planning mode. Mm -hmm. My go-to, I I have all kinds of meditation techniques that I use, but my my default go-to is pay attention to the breath because it's so simple, because it is so, it's always there, no matter where you go. If my mind is caught up in planning mode, oh, don't forget to do this thing later. Oh, you know, uh, what if this thing happens? Come back to the breath, experience the breath as it's happening. One of the things that's cool about paying attention to body sensations is there is such a rich and vast amount of experience happening in the body. In Buddhism, we have a practice what we call vedana, it's where we meditate on the pleasant, the unpleasant and the neutral feeling tones that are happening in the body. You might be feeling anxious and you you might you might say okay, let me sit and be with some of these sensations in the body that feel like anxiety. But that's not always available to everybody all the time, especially if the anxiety is really intense. So maybe you shift away a little bit and say, can I pay attention to some neutral feelings that are happening in the body? What does my earlobe feel like? What does it feel like in the back of my knee? Can I even find some pleasant sensations? Maybe it feels nice, it's a good temperature in the room and air on my skin feels nice or soles of my feet feel nice and grounded on the floor or whatever it may be. At some point, maybe we zoom out and say, can I be present (laughs) with all of the pleasant, unpleasant and neutral sensations happening all at once in this just big interplay of experience in the body? That really facilitates a lot of acceptance because... All this stuff is happening and I don't have to hyper-focus on just this anxious feeling or this heaviness in my heart.
0: And that's a perfect metaphor for life, right? Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) It's like we
0: tend to focus on the, the negative things that are going on, but if we kind of get the big picture and say, well, this is a pleasant thing, this is an unpleasant, this is more neutral. I love that. And I especially like that little exercise that you just talked about because there's some activity to it. And I know that people tend to do really well when they kind of can move around to different focuses. And so you're, you're moving your focus. That's, that's great. And so this fourth reason why mindfulness of body sensations helps us move into acceptance is that when we pay attention to our body sensations, it helps us chunk our experience down into kind of smaller bits because when we are in pain when we have anxiety it feels so overwhelming there's all these different pieces and moving parts and we have the cognitive part we have the fight or flight nervous system part you know we have this past trauma part we we have all these different pieces that are coming together and intensifying our experience any approach that we can kind of take these apart and experience them in little bits is going to help us and that's uh, basically the the foundation of what I do in coaching with with people who are struggling with pain and anxieties let's look at the cognitive part now let's look at the you know what's going on with your nervous system uh, but specifically with this practice of paying attention to the sensations in your body that's a part of the experience and it can help ground us, can help us interpret what's happening in a more simplified way. So important. So I'd love to to hear your thoughts on that, Mike.
1: Yeah, this one was an absolute game changer for me. I had a therapist who said, you know, you keep saying my anxiety, this, my anxiety, that, my anxiety, my anxiety, like, Be a little more specific, man. Like, what is this that you're feeling? That was a real revelation to me. I keep throwing this really heavy label at it. My anxiety, my anxiety. First of all, you notice the language of my personalizing it and making it mine. But also, like, anxiety has so much baggage, especially for someone like me who had it my whole life. And, like, it had this weight to it. If I'm not going to use the word anxiety, then what am I going to pay attention to? What is this? Okay, well, as we've been pretty much saying this whole episode, okay, here's a tightness in my stomach. Here's a feeling of heat in my face. Those are way more tolerable than anxiety, this big like umbrella term. I got to give credit to one of my meditation teachers, Josh Korda. He was talking specifically about depression, but he said... You know, the mind might be telling you, I'm feeling this or I'm experiencing this, but don't trust it. Mm -hmm. Pause and examine for yourself. If your mind says, I'm so depressed, I'm so depressed. Okay, get in touch with your body. Do you actually feel depressed? Or is your mind just saying, I'm depressed? That weekend after I heard him give that talk, It was a really nasty, cold, rainy day in New York, walking down the street to the store or something. And it happened to me, my mind said, oh, I'm so depressed. And I I remembered what Josh said and I was like, well, am I? Let me pay attention to my body. And I wasn't, I was just cold and wet and tired and it was dreary out and it wasn't really depression. It was just this feeling. It was so much more easy to be present with that feeling than it was to say, um, depressed. How you know, how awful is that?
0: Our minds, our cognition can really kind <laughs> of mess things up for us. It, it can tell us all these stories. So that's such a huge part of mindfulness practice, whether you're paying attention to your body sensations or you're paying attention to your breath, but the whole philosophy behind it is to kind of question some of these things that are going on in our our minds. And again, bringing up culture there's not like a big emphasis in our culture to question the mind, to question your thoughts. Oh, yeah. Like our, our thoughts are like put on this high pedestal. And those of us who've been I practicing know. mindfulness for 20 years or however longer we know, no, no, actually it's only about like maybe 10% of our thoughts are actually very accurate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, again, paying attention to the body is such a great segue away from that experience in the mind. And The more we pay attention to our body, the more we pay attention to our breath, which is so much of the body, the more we realize that so many of the things we think about just aren't important or and a lot of them just plain mm-hmm. aren't true. For the listeners, if any of this interests you and you want to lean into accepting things by becoming more aware of your body sensations, uh, one place that you could start next time you have an emotion, first of all, take a pause and notice you're having an emotion and then be curious about how do you feel that emotion in your body? Where in your body is that emotion showing up? That's a really good first step.
1: You just said a key word, which is curiosity. That's a key component of what mindfulness is. We're paying attention in a curious way, in a non-judgmental way, in a purposeful way. Those are just kind of the basics of mindfulness. Pause. Be curious. Non-judgmental. Have this attitude of sort of softness. There's a quote that I love from his name is Gil Fronsdale. Hold whatever you're experiencing the way you would hold an injured baby bird that you find on the side of the road. And that was so visceral to me. I was just like, that is exactly what we are trying to do. If we could do just that, if we could hold everything we experience, in this case, in our body, but we could we could expand that to any
0: experience. Looking at it with kindness and tenderness. Yeah, so important. Well, Mike, I'm so appreciative that you're here on the show today and helping us better understand how paying attention to our body sensations can be so helpful. And I'd love to hear more about your private practice where people can get a hold of you. please tell us.
1: It's been my pleasure. this is this is so much fun for me. I mm-hmm. love nerding out about this kind of stuff. I'm a therapist. I also run a private practice. I've got four other therapists who work at the practice. We specialize in all kinds of different things, everything from anxiety to trauma to ADHD, addiction. We're located in Asheville, North Carolina, licensed to do teletherapy anywhere in North Carolina. I did not start my career as a therapist. I started my career in music. I was a recording engineer. And by doing all this stuff on the side, you know, working on myself, working on healing from my own anxiety disorder, at some point, it it was just like, yeah, okay, now I want to do this with other people. The practice is called Strive On Counseling. Uh, Our website is just www.striveon.me, that's M-E. We're on social media at just Strive On Counseling. Yeah, and that's pretty much it.
0: Well, thanks again, Mike, and I will link those in the show notes. And to the listeners, if you know somebody who could benefit from the conversation that we're having here today, please consider sharing this episode with that friend or family member. We'd really appreciate it. The Aware Mind Podcast is a TSD mindfulness production. Please check out our show notes for upcoming events and links to additional resources. Please visit our website at tsdmind.org. That is T as in tame, S as in soothe, D as in dwell, mind as in mindfulness.org. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at tsd underscore mindfulness.